Well, welcome to the Shores Church Online. Great to be with you again today. We're in week three of our series, Parables, Jesus the Storyteller. So far, we've walked through two different parables. We looked at the parable of the prodigal son. We've looked at the parable of the sower. And in the parable of the prodigal son, we were talking about how God wants to redeem you. But as you get redeemed and as you look more like Christ, we need to remember to look like the father in the story, wanting everybody to be redeemed instead of looking like the older brother, desiring what's in it for me. And so much of Christianity can create that attitude. I've been redeemed, I've been saved, but now it's about me. When in reality, it is always about the Father. Now, last week, we walked through our core values as a church, and we compared them to the parable of the sower. Basically, just getting at the idea that as the sower, we are called to throw seed wherever we go. We don't pick and choose the soil, but we look at the soil and say, how can we help make this soil more receptive to the seed. So we value every person, so we throw seed everywhere we go. We desire that everyone should experience God. So when we walk along the hard path and the hard ground, we want to bring the living water that is Jesus, and we want to mess up that hard path so that it becomes soft, it becomes mud, it becomes receptive to the seed, that we desire that everyone is intentionally discipled. So that means we have to remove rocks so that roots can grow deeper and relationship with God can grow deeper, that we're not just living off of experience, but we're intentionally being discipled to look more like Jesus. We talked about the uh, the thorny ground, and when we talked about that, we were talking about the idea that we need to be joyfully generous, and as we are joyfully generous, we start looking and caring and believing in the things that God wants us to do, and that we're able to grow and mature and bear fruit, and then ultimately we talked about the good soil being the common unity where we are seeing a harvest, but that we want to protect that land and take care of it so that we can have a continual harvest. So if you missed either of those two messages, make sure to go back, watch them on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, however you watch our messages every week, because they're really good messages. And make sure you like and subscribe on Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, however you're watching so that you don't miss out on any future messages. Well, today we're going to be jumping into one of my favorite parables, and that's the parable of the talents. But before we do, I need you to go ahead and, as we do every week, repeat after me. Your word is written in my mind. Your word is hidden in my heart. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will seek you with all of my strength. I choose to live my life according to your word. Your word, O oh Lord, is eternal. As we study this parable today of the talents, we are going to be looking at Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. So let's read that together today. For it will be like a man going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. 
And after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five uh, talents more, saying, Master, you delivered me to five talents. Here I have made five talents more. And the master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents here. I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scatter no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness, in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. To understand this parable, we need to talk about the context, just like we have the last several weeks. To understand it, we need to go back to Matthew chapter 24 and look at a particular line of conversation. You see, in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus and his closest disciples are sitting at the Mount of Olives, and they're having a private discussion about the end of the age, the end times that Jesus talks through multiple topics with them in this passage. He talks about the signs of the end times. He talks about the abomination and desolation when the Antichrist is going to enter the temple at the end times, the coming of the Son of Man, how no one knows the day or the hour, the parable of the ten virgins, which is really highlighting our need to be ready for Jesus to return at any time. And then it brings us to this particular parable of the talents. So when we look at what's going on here. This isn't this isolated parable. This is a deliberate parable that is being given to the disciples that you need to be doing the work that I've set out for you to do. That this isn't just to the disciples as a whole. This is to the closest that you've been given much and you need to go out and you need to multiply. You need to help grow this work so that when I'm gone, when I go back up in the heaven, before I come again, that this good news, this gospel can spread all over the world. He's going to eventually tell them to go into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, into the ends of the world. And that what these disciples are going to do is going to do that very thing. To much uh, has been given, so much is expected from you. Now, one other thing that we need to understand in the context of this is what is a talent. I know a lot of times we hear the word talent and we automatically assume, well, can you play an instrument? Can you play a sport? What, what talents do you have? And that's really not what it's getting at here. And a lot of times we hear talent that they're given five talents, two talents, one talent, and it doesn't seem like a lot. But if we understand what a talent is, then all of a sudden it helps us realize that all three of these individuals were given a incredible amount of money. So if you look at the footnotes of your Bible, if your Bible has footnotes, you'll likely see that a talent is worth 20 years of salary. 20 years of salary. Now, I don't want to try and put this fully in biblical terms, 
because it would be a lot of guessing and estimating of what a salary was at that point. Let's just look in America today what the average salary is. So I looked it up in 2020. The average salary was $56,310. I know you might hear that and say, well, I'm way above that or I'm way under that. That's average. So the average salary is $56,310. If you were given 20 years of that salary all at the exact same moment, you would be given $1,126,200. That's how much a talent would be under the understanding of it in the Old Testament or in the New Testament. That would be the understanding of what it would be like today in America that you'd be given over a million dollars to receive one talent based off the average salary in America. To be given two talents would mean that you were given $2,252,400. And if you were given five talents, that means you've been given $5,631,000. Imagine that. Each individual in this parable was given over a million, and the one that received five talents received over five and a half million dollars all in one moment and said, go and multiply this, go and put this to use, go and make more for me. Now, when we remember what the individual that received one talent did, he went and he dug a hole and he put the, the 20 or the, the, the one talent being 20 years worth of salary in the ground because he says that he knows that the master was a cruel master and that he wanted to be able to return everything. He essentially put over a million dollars in today's money in the ground. Now, you're probably not going to dig a hole and put a million dollars in the ground, but you might go to the, a couple banks and put a million dollars in the banks. And if you did it in a normal savings account, you're going to make very, very little money because they really don't give you much interest rate. But that would be kind of our modern day comparison of, I don't want to lose it, so I'm just going to put it in the bank. I'm going to put it in probably four or five different banks. So I know that it's insured so that if anything happens to the bank, I know I can get my money back. And then when the master comes back, I can just go to those bank accounts, pull the money out and just say, here's your money back. That would be kind of the modern day equivalent of burying the money. Now, uh, the, the master in this particular parable makes this statement. It would have been better if you would have given it to the banker so that I could receive interest. I want you to understand something is that in this particular situation that I'm giving you over a million dollars and I'm saying, go and do something with it. A good modern day comparison is taking that million dollars and putting it in the S&P 500. Now the S&P 500, if you're not familiar with, is a grouping of mutual, uh, it's a mutual fund with a grouping of different stocks that has regularly received a 10 to 11% return. Some years are higher, some years are lower. But if you put the, the one talent into the S&P for uh, five years, because remember that says a master was gone for a long time. So let's just say it was five years that that one, uh, $1.1 million would turn into $1.8 million. It'd be an increase of about $687,000. Think about that for a moment. Simply by making the choice to put it in a mutual fund that receives a normal return that you can expect, you would receive a 50% return rate for doing literally nothing. You don't have to work at it. You don't have to try at it. You would receive a 50% return rate on your money. So instead of burying it, 
you don't even have to be active. You just have to make a wise decision of how you're stewarding the money and half the money, uh, you, you'd have 50% more money for doing nothing. You see, when we look at the, the two servants that went out and did something with it, they went out and began trading, they began working with it and they doubled the money, but you could have received 50% increase by doing nothing. This is why the master gets upset at this particular servant because you were given a lot and you did absolutely nothing with it. You gained nothing for me. And in turn, I lost a lot because I could have just given that one talent to the guy who got five talents in the beginning, gave him six, and I could have got 12. This is where the master is really thinking. This is understanding the context is that this is talking about the end times that I'm coming back soon, that I want you to go out and multiply, not money, but souls. And so if I've given you a lot of responsibility, I'm expecting a lot out of you. That is the true context of this parable. It's end times in people, not money. But the money is a good practical understanding of what he's talking about. If you've been given a lot of ability, whether the ability to speak, whether the ability to write, whether the ability to create, whatever it is that you've been given, you are entrusted to use that to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I've got one main point today, one real point that I want to get across to you, and that is it's not yours. It's not yours. You see, here's the thing that you got to realize in this particular parable the servants were given something by the master with the full expectation that when the master returned, they would have to give it back. They owned nothing in this equation. They were man mainly managers of somebody else's money, of somebody else's stuff. They were stewards of it. They were going to have to give an account for what they did and how they used it. And this is the reality. You can only serve one master. You can serve God or you can serve the stuff of this world. And in this particular moment that this uh, two of the servants got it, they realized that you're the master, you're in charge, you're in control. I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. I'm going to put myself out there and I am going to try. I'm going to try and multiply. I'm going to try and, and create more for you. And one was just like, I'm, I'm afraid of you. I'm not really wanting to do this. So I'm just going to, I'm going to bury it so I can just give it right back that he very well, you could, you could say there's a lot of things that he was serving, maybe fear, maybe anxiety, maybe, uh, maybe money itself that like, I, I see the value. I don't want to lose the value. I don't know how I'm going to replace it, but he is not serving the master and doing what the master has asked him to do. And we need to be intentional about serving God and doing what God has called us to do. Here's a friendly reminder for you today. So many of the things that you're concerned about and so many of the things you have strong opinions about are not going to matter in eternity. However you want to look at it, the, the, the way that you speak to people, that's going to matter in eternity. The way you present Christ to people will matter in eternity. And the fact that people might be turned off to the good news of Jesus Christ because you are sharing your opinions or your thoughts is going to matter in heaven. Imagine if somebody says, you know what, I don't want anything to do with that Christ because of how that person's presenting Christ. How, if that's an example of a Christian, I don't want anything to do with that. When you look at these three servants, two of them said, I'm serving the master. I'm giving the master everything I've got. I want to multiply. I want to grow it. That making 
the, the master more wealthy matters, I'm going to do everything I can. Now, our God doesn't need us to make him money. The Bible tells us, and I, I love to say this all the time, that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. God created everything. God's economy operates different than America's economy. And because of that, God doesn't need us, but he chooses to work through us so that we can grow, we can look more like Jesus, we can look more like God, and that we're able to be a part of what God's doing. That ultimately, though, when you look at these three servants, one of them chose to not do anything. One of them chose to live life essentially for himself to protect himself. And a lot of times we do that. I'm worried about the things of the world. I'm worried about finances. I'm worried about this or that. And we do things to kind of safeguard ourselves when in reality, we need to just live the way God has called us to live. And if we do, we'll be amazed at what God is capable of doing in us and through us when we say, God, you get all the glory. In this parable, the talents, the, the master came back to see what the servants did with, with the money. And one day, Jesus is going to come back and he's going to take an account of what you did with the talents and abilities and finances and all the things that he's entrusted to you. Did you go out and did you advance the kingdom or did you just kind of hold court and say, you know what, I'm just going to bury all these things because I just want to make it to heaven. It's not just making it to heaven. That if you truly have accepted Jesus into your life and you want to serve God and you want to do what God's called us to do, you got to put yourself out there a little bit. You can't just expect, well, these people are going to do all the work for me and I'm just going to be right here and I'm just going to worry about making it to heaven. We are not playing a defensive game here. We are playing an offensive game where we go out and we share the good news of Jesus Christ and we throw that seed wherever it may go. It might be the path. It might be rocky ground. It might be ground with thorns or it might be good soil. We don't know where it's going to be. We don't know what it's going to look like, but we're going to just continue to prepare the soil that is in front of us that we're throwing seed on and trust that God is going to bring the growth and that God is going to bring the harvest. We just need to be consistent in doing what we are doing and sharing the talents, whether it's financial or it's actual abilities, sharing those talents so that we can multiply the kingdom. And here's something I want you to realize. In this particular passage, one of the things that it says, and it brings the attention to, is that to each individual was given to their ability level. A lot of times we can look at it and say, oh, I'm a one talent or I'm a two talent. And I really wish I could be a five talent. God very well may not have called you to be a five talent person. Don't become envious because this person has five talent uh, talent or five talent resources because there's more responsibility that comes on it. A lot of times we want the, the look and the appearance and the opportunities of the five talent individual, but we haven't even proved that we can be responsible with the one talent uh, responsibilities. And if, to those who have been given little that have proven themselves worthy, more is given to them. And so oftentimes we need to just stay where we are. It might be one talent, it might be two talents, it might be three talents. And that knowing the fact that if we are faithful and we are consistent, then God will give us everything that he has equipped us to, to have and to handle and to accomplish. Don't get upset because somebody else has more opportunity than you. Don't be upset because somebody has uh, more experiences than you, that somebody gets to speak, somebody gets to worship, somebody gets to do uh, the kids lesson, whatever it might be, that don't be upset because somebody else gets that opportunity. Be grateful and thankful for the opportunities that God has placed in front of you. Now, something else I want to hit on is that 
we, we kind of talk about what does it mean to bury a financial talent? Well, what does it look like to bury a spiritual talent? Because remember, just like financial gifts and financial talents have been given from God to you, so have your spiritual giftings and spiritual talents. And these spiritual giftings and talents have been given to you, but what does it look like to bury one of those spiritual giftings? And here's just a few ways that we can bury our spiritual gifts and our spiritual talents. You bury your talent when you know that you have the talent and you do nothing with it. You bury the talent when you share that talent, but you operate in pride thinking it's all about you. And the only reason you're able to do it is because you're the one doing it. You bury your talent when you try to do something you're not gifted in simply because you want to uh, receive the glory. Now, helping out with somebody else that, that needs help, that's a good thing. But when you're consistently trying to be someone that God didn't create you to be, you're burying the talent that he actually did give you. You bury your talent when you focus on someone else's opportunity, thinking that that opportunity should be yours. You bury your talent when you focus on things that don't matter to eternity. You bury your talent when you serve the wrong master. And there's a lot of other ways that we can bury our talent, but I want you to understand that when we're not operating the way that God designed us to operate because we're trying to be prideful or we're trying to prove ourselves or we're trying to get uh, someone else's opportunities, we're burying what God has given us and we're wasting the talent that God has given us that he will hold us accountable for. When you break it down, whether the talent is money or it's literal talent, it's not yours. It's never been yours. God gave it to you. And because God gave it to you, we need to use it and multiply it to advance the kingdom so that when Jesus comes back one day, we can say, look at what I did with what you gave me. Look how many people know you because you gave this to me. I used what you gave me. And then there's this beautiful harvest that came out of it. I was faithful to throw the seed that you gave me in the fields where you put me and look at the harvest that came with it. Now, let me just even paint this in a little different angle for a second. If a friend loans you a car, not just a car, but your dream car, the car that you always wished that you could dream, uh, that you dream that you could drive, would you treat it better than your car or worse? Realistically, you would treat your friend's car that is your dream car better. Chances are you're probably not going to drink in the car. You're probably not going to eat in the car. You're probably going to make sure that your shoes are clean, that you're going to vacuum it before you give it back. You're going to fill it back up with gas, that you're going to take care of it. Why? Because it's not yours. You don't own the car. You're just temporarily borrowing it. And the way that you treat the car, the way that you handle the car, and the way that you return the car is a reflection on you, your cleanliness level, how much you value their property, and ultimately how much you honor them as an individual, you honor them as a friend. And the same goes in regards to God's property that he has given to you. Remember, it's not your talents. It's not your abilities. It's not your resources. God has given them to you. And so you're going to use these talents and abilities and resources and you want to multiply them, you want to use them, you want to take care of them because you're going to have to give them back. You don't own them, you are managing them. And one day God's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you? And I want you to be able to say, you know what, I went out and I advanced the gospel to the best of my ability so that people could know Jesus, so that Jesus could become famous, so that we could rob hell of as many people as possible and fill heaven with people because I know that you love them, you created them, and you want to spend eternity with them. 
we have that opportunity as believers to go out and multiply and advance the kingdom. You got to do it. You got to realize that God loves them and we need to love them as well. Now, one other point, one other thought that I want to share that I want to get across today is that it's not about the growth, but it's about the faithfulness. One of the things that we can get lost in a lot of times is that in this parable, there is a doubling of all the resources. And I think one of the things we need to remember is that Jesus is telling a story. He's trying to tell a quick story, a quick parable, so that the disciples can understand. So he uses kind of some round numbers. He uses five, two, and one. And he uses the word talent. So he's talking about a big amount of money. He's not pinpointing the exact dollar amount. But if he would have told the disciples, you're given five talents, they would understand that's essentially 100 years of salary. That if you're given the one talent, that's 20 years of salary. If you're given the two talents, that's 40 years of salary. They would understand that. And that instead of trying to say that they made uh, 2.5 uh, times back, he just kept the numbers even. That the one with five talents got 10, the one with two got four, and the one with one buried it. Now, here's the thing I want you to realize. It's not about going out and saying, well, I have to multiply and I have to have a 100% return rate. God doesn't care about the return rate. God cares about your faithfulness. Will you go out and serve him with what he has given to you? And if you will faithfully give uh, back to God your best efforts, that's what he's interested in. He wants you to look more like Jesus, not come back with the best return rates. If you're faithful to go out and give it your all, you're going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. The moment you don't hear good, uh, well done, good and faithful servant is when you bury it and you hide it and you do nothing with it. What God has given you, go out and do your best. Don't feel like, well, I have to hit this standard or God's not going to be happy with me. God's just going to be happy if you're faithful. God's going to be happy if you're consistent, that if you're trying, that you spend time in his word, you begin to know his heart, you spend time in prayer, you spend time in communication with him, you start growing in the ways of God. If you do those things, then God's going to be happy with you because you are advancing his kingdom. He wants you to join in the joy that is ministry. He wants you to join in the joy that's ministry and see the life change. And when you start seeing that life change happen, you're going to be excited and you're going to want to do more. And it's the same thing when, when you invest in something. At first, it's a little bit scary because I'm putting my, my resources into something and I'm hoping that it brings back a return. But the more return it brings back, the more you want to put the investment in so that a greater return comes. So you have more to invest back in and you get this snowball effect that creates growth. Anything is scary the first time, but when you do it and you start to see a return, you get excited about it. You get joyful about it. You want to continue, and that's what God wants you to do. He believes the fact that if you will just start the process, you will join in this joy, and you will see the kingdom of God move forward, and you will want to be a part of it. So here's the thing we got to realize with the parable of the talents. You've been given something. Are you going out and doing something with it, or are you hiding onto it or holding on to it and saying, you know what? I just want to make it to heaven. It's, this game's not about just making it to heaven. This game's about advancing the gospel and bringing as many people with us as possible. Today, as we close, I want to pray two things. First, that you're listening to this and you might say, I've never accepted Christ in my life. I don't know who this Jesus is. And I want to pray over you today that if you're watching this and you've never met Christ, Jesus Christ 
is the son of God, that God realized that man was never going to be able to uh, conquer sin on their own. So he sends Jesus to go down and live a sinless life, to live that perfect life, to teach us to die on the cross for us, to, to step in and take the punishment that was deserving of us so that he could be resurrected three days later, he could ascend back into heaven, and he could come back again. That is the gospel. That's the good news that Jesus loves you so much that he would go through all of that for you. And so if you've never accepted Christ, I want to pray over you right now that you would accept Christ. And if you have accepted Christ, I want to pray that you have a desire to work for the Lord that you never had before. That you've been given talents and abilities and resources that you would pour them in to advancing the gospel in ways that you never had before. So I want to pray these two things over you right now. Heavenly Father, I just pray over my friends that are watching this video right now. If they have never accepted you, Lord, I pray that as you just examine their heart, you know who they are, you know what's going on, that you would begin just forgiving them a sin right now. The, the very guilt that they're holding on to, that you would release that guilt as they just say, Jesus, come into my life, that they would receive you, that they would have an understanding of who you are, that you would become real to them, that you would give them a passion to read their Bibles, that you would give them a passion to understand who you are and what you want to do in their life, God. But I pray move in them right now in Jesus' name. And for those that are watching that have already accepted you, well, I pray that they would recognize that you have given them much, that everyone you've given more or less to, but Lord, you have given all of us a lot, whether time, talent, ability, resources, and we want to use those things to advance the gospel. Lord, give us a passion to share the good news of Jesus Christ with the people that you put in our path. Lord, that we would be like the first two servants, the one that received five talents and receive two talents, and go out and multiply those to bring back a 100% return, a 67% return, a 200% return, whatever it is that you allow us to be able to do so that we can advance your kingdom. Let us not be like the servant that buries it in the ground and wastes the talent, but let us put that talent to good use. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you just accepted Christ for the first time, I want you right now, as soon as this video is done, to go to myshores.church and you'll be able to see a little button that says Start My Christian Journey. We want you to, to, to click on that, begin reading more about what God has done. You can contact us at the, the church or at office at theshoreschurch.org. And we'd love to get in contact with you and start that journey with you. Now, I want to go ahead and close the way that we normally close with a great commission because it's so fitting after a message like this of the parable of the talents that we would close on a declaration that we're going to go out and advance the gospel. So let's say the great commission together today. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Thanks for joining us again today for week three of our Parables series. I hope you're getting a lot out of this. Make sure that you like, subscribe on Facebook, on Spotify, on YouTube, wherever you're watching or listening to this, so that you don't miss out on a single message of this Parable series. We'll catch you in the next one.